When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here we go. It's part two of the Manchester United weekly podcast season review with me, Harry Robinson and Jack Tate. If you haven't listened to part one yet, go check it out. If you have, before we go on to talk about Paul Pogba, who our player of the season is, what our goal of the season is, and our favourite moments of the season, um, let's hear from Ryan Grant, a journalist working at United who's been at the club since the uh, 2012-13 season. He tells us what it's like being around the squads, what it means when a new signing is coming in, and what his goal of the season is, having been part of United's coverage of the, of the official club awards for goal of the season and player of the season and all that. So, here we go. Right, we're fortunate to be joined by Ryan Grant from uh, Man United's media team now, who's been working with the club, what is it for now, uh, five, five years, five seasons now, is it, Ryan? Getting on for five years, yeah, don't make me feel old. <laughs> um, I mean, firstly, starting off, thank you for joining us, and um, how's, how's it been this season? Uh, it's, been a, it's been a long one, I guess, for, for players and, and journalists working around them alike. Yeah, I think that's the first thing that comes to mind, is it's been a long old season, the, the second longest in our history. Um, when I saw that and read about that, I, I found that incredible. Really, um, one game more than the treble winning season, apparently. So it's, um, it's a, it was a long old season, up and downs. But to finish the way we did, obviously, was fantastic. It will give the boys a lot of confidence going into well pre-season. Now there's not much of a break, and then uh, into the Premier League season when it kicks off in August. Yeah, I mean, talking about confidence, I guess you've there's very few people who see the the change on a squad when. A new manager comes in in that first that sort of I remember Carlo Ancelotti once called it the the honeymoon period of of a new manager where sort of everything's rosy at the start did did you get to see that kind of change in in attitude once Marino came in at the start of the season um I mean it's much the same as what you see I suppose it's um what you see out there on the pitch is is a good enough indicator I think and I, I wouldn't want to speak for the players themselves but one thing I have noticed doing what we do is that the team spirit's always been great and that's been throughout my time at United I think it's a really tight-knit group in the uh, in the dressing room and that, that does show um you don't go unbeaten 25 games without having team spirit I mean of course we should have won some of the games that we drew the players have been the first to say that but um yeah I, I think the first thing that I've noticed is that it is a really tight-knit group at United interesting I mean you talk about that 25 game unbeaten run I guess that sort of breeds breeds confidence through the club um what, what's been the your your moment of the season I guess you've you've you must have been to quite a lot of the games you've been around sort of feeling feeling the buzz after one of those one of those big games what's been your your top moment of the season yeah I mean there have been a few um I suppose it depends whether or not you're talking individual moments, team moments, um, because the win over Chelsea, one that comes to mind straight away, it was a it was a brilliant day at Old Trafford. Everything just seemed 
a little bit. Um, everyone gave a little bit more, I think, that day from the players on the pitch, the fans in the stands. There was just a little bit extra at Old Trafford that day, I thought. Um, individual moments, um, being down at Crystal Palace actually sticks out, funny enough. It, there wasn't, in hindsight, there wasn't too much that came from that three points, but to see Pogba link up with Zlatan like that and two summer signings creating a last minute winner. It's, it's brilliant. David May was going mad. I remember that one. And um, obviously the, there's a late winner in the EF, EFL Cup final, League Cup final at Wembley. Um, Zlatan again, just, I, I don't think you can beat a late winner personally. Those would always stand out for me. And uh, other than that, I think you'd have to say Rooney breaking the record. Um, it's, it's, it really is an amazing achievement that, um, it, it shouldn't be understated. Yeah, I mean, it, it came in sort of underwhelming circumstances in a, in a draw against Stoke, but the, the goal itself and the, the feet are, are both remarkable. Um, and it grabbed United's what, what could have been a really important point had, had other matches eventually gone our way. You talk about those, those draws in the unbeaten run. I mean, you mentioned um, Zlatan and Pogba linking up at Palace there and, and new sort of summer signings. What, I mean, talk us through the, the process Obviously, you don't find out before everyone else, but you, what happens when you know there's a new signing coming in, in terms of being, being a journalist at the yeah, club? Yeah, it's a good question. It's it's an exciting time, I will say that much. Um, and if anything else, it's uh, it's a sense of relief after you know the constant messages of announce whoever it is <laughs> on Twitter. Um, as you can imagine, it's 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 a nice feeling when it's over the line, and and then we can get excited as fans as well. You know, um, looking forward to seeing them on the pitch. But the, from our point of view and the coverage of a new signing, it really is. Um, so it's, there's a buzz around the place. It's an exciting time, um, and there's there's now more than ever. There's so much you can do when someone signs for the club, you know, um, with all the social media and everything like that. Yeah, Pogba with Stormzy last year. We'll see what we'll see what happens this summer. Um, I'm sure whatever it is, there'll, there'll be there'll be plenty of signings and plenty of media coverage. And finally just you're 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 involved with sort of coverage of the awards. What did you vote for as as goal of the season? I actually voted for Pogba away at Swansea. Um, not sure if that's a controversial choice. <laughs> I know, obviously, Mkhitaryan's goal at, uh, against Sunderland on Boxing Day was unbelievable. It, and I think my the first thing I noticed about that, I you know, it was always going to be the winner. Um, but listening to the cheer that went up uh, after that goal went in, it was it was more of a wow than a yes, if you know what I mean. If you listen back to that. Yeah. That audio when that goal goes in, I mean that tells you everything. Uh, and I think it was this similar kind of noise uh, to Rooney's overhead kick against City. It's it that kind of moment for me. Um, but the technique and I mean the view we had of Pogba's goal at Swansea, it was it just arrowed right into the top corner. And um, I mean I think that's just a matter of personal preference, really. A, a volley like that, I thought was brilliant. Yeah, I mean I guess I guess they're both incredible skill, and Pogba's is is oddly. Despite it being less sort of spectacular, it's it's more satisfying that sort of thumping volley into into a top corner. And and in terms of this this summer, are you are you going on, on tour with the United team? Uh, that's going to be my time to have a break. Fortunately, as we say, it's been a long one. So uh, I'm going away on my holidays, and I'm going to be back in time to go to Oslo for the Valerenga game, the friendly in Oslo. Nice. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Um, pleasure to chat to you and get some some nice insight into uh, new signings and how they work. And best of luck for, for next season, which should be hopefully another busy one. Uh, thanks for having me. I look forward to it. Right, you can follow Ryan on Twitter at RyanGrant01. Um, thank you very much for him to coming on. And let's talk about our player of the season. Um, I've got down here Antonio Valencia, and I, I think you, you might agree.
Yep, I agree. Antonio Valencia for I me. I mean, what's incredible is that he's just signed a new contract, um, which is his second contract extension under Mourinho, despite Mourinho only being at the club for, for, for the first season, um, which sort of shows how, how highly he's regarded. He'll be, if he stays for his whole contract, he'll be at United until um, 2019, which means he'll be at the club for a decade. And at times it didn't look like that had any chance of happening. And at the same time, what's incredible is that he's been nominated or one player of the season at right back and on the right wing in two different positions. I, I, I doubt there's any player at United who's won in two different positions like that. To, to make that sort of transformation and still be up there as one of the players of the season and, and as our player of the season is, is in, incredible. Yeah, it really is. I mean, he's been an absolute revelation this season. This isn't the first season he's played, obviously played at right back, but before he's always been caught napping a little bit defensively. Um, and this season he's shored that up completely. He still was good as ever going forward. And he just keeps things very simple. Doesn't ever try and do anything unnecessary. And he's been a brilliant player all season. A very reliable player that you know will come on and just do, do a job. Whatever he's asked to do, you know he'll come out and he'll perform that that job as best he can. So fully, fully deserved recognition that he's getting. In now. terms of who else was, was up for player of the season in my books, after Valencia, I went Ibrahimovic purely for the goal scored, even though, as I said earlier, his finishing has been appalling at times and for, for a bit of the leadership and sort of bringing other players into the game. Um, and then after that, I go Paul Pogba, but Eric Bailly and Ander Herrera both up there as well. I mean, talking about Herrera, he won player of the season from the fans a little. I mean, I love Herrera one of my favourite players, if not my favourite player. Um, and he's and he's also a fantastic player. But I think a lot of people are, are blinded by the fact that he's, that he's clearly passionate and loves the club and is a fan favourite. I mean, I, he, he wasn't our best player last season. I think you could make a case for Herrera being player of the season. But, I mean, personally, I think um, Valencia was the better candidate. My, my top three would have been Valencia first, followed by Bailly, and then Herrera third for me. Uh, and then Pogba and then Zlatan. I think, you know, although Zlatan scored so many goals, I also think he held us back in quite a lot of ways. But, we, but you know, we couldn't have done without his goals at times. So he's still up there for me, but he's down in fifth place in my yeah. list. All right, let's talk about our, our summer signings, starting with uh, Paul Pogba. A lot of people have, have underrated and overrated Pogba this season. There's been a, a, lot, of, a lot of sort of overhyping at the start and then a lot of underhyping at the end. I mean, just... If you think about it, without without Pogba there, United lacks so much. There's there's that individual ability. He's the only player really that creates enough chances for us to score. Fifty seven chances created in the Premier League, which is more than any other United player by quite a long way. He's been quite important defensively, and he's been so entertaining at times. Was it was it against Celta Vigo or Anderlecht where he did that incredible touch? He did about four touches in the air over two players' heads, and then just started running with it. And people say, oh, he hasn't scored many goals, he hasn't made many assists. Ibrahimovic's conversion rate is 14%. If Pobble was playing with other players in the Premier League, so if Pobble was playing with uh, Sergio Aguero, Alexis Sanchez, Diego Costa, and if you just roughly translated how many chances they've had, he'd have he'd have 10 or 15 assists this season. He's, he's been really, I mean, he's been brilliant. Yeah, he has. I, I think he's been very, very good. And... Not only has has he been a great player, I think he's also it's it's about what his signing represents and what we hope it will represent going forward is 
really the start of this new era of, of Manchester United. And I think his signing was not just from a footballing perspective, but for every other kind of perspective, from, from the marketing perspective and just really as a, as a signal of our strength as a club, I think showed it was, a, it was a statement of intent and a statement that we are Manchester United, we can make these big signings. And I, I don't think he's disappointed. And I, I was looking at this the other day, in every statistical manner, other than goals and assists, he's improved on his last season at Juventus. And in his last season at Juventus, he was widely regarded as one of the best midfielders in the world. And for me, he's carried that on this season in every way other than goals and assists. And I think for for his first season back in England in a team that for a lot of the season was struggling, uh, or maybe not struggling, but at least not setting the world on fire, I think he performed admirably and he really did stand out for a lot of the season as a cut above a lot of our other yeah. players. And he, he, he is United's best player. I don't think there's, as in, in terms of just ability, I don't, I don't think there's there's much doubting that. And he's he's still young and I think he'll have a, a brilliant season next year and probably be up there for, for Premier League player this season. I mean, that's putting pressure on him. But to me, he's he's been one of the best midfielders in the league. I think next year he's just, he's just going to improve, particularly if we're playing as a better team. If as a team we're more fluid, if he's given slightly less responsibility to defend and attack, and if the strikers are finishing their chances more, I think he'll be seen as one of the best players in the country. Eric Bai, meanwhile, has been. Uh, I mean, imagine if imagine if Pogba and Zlatan hadn't been signed, and then you've got a thirty million, twenty-two year old centre back coming to the club who's played 61 professional games ever in his career for £30 million. And he's come. Imagine how much pressure would have been on him. But fortunately for him, because of Popper and Zlatan, there was, there was much less. And, and he's also had a fantastic season. It's strange considering how, how good I think Pogba and, and obviously Zlatan have, have been this season. But I think you could easily make a case for Bayi being the sign of the summer. Um, for the price that we pay for him and how young he is, I mean, to still only be 23 years old and to be as good as he has been for the majority of the season is incredible. He's been our most consistent defender. He's been an absolute rock at the back. Um, every single time that he plays, he looks very, very comfortable. Uh, he's comfortable on the ball and bringing the ball out from the back. And defensively, he has been an absolute rock all season. I think he's been an absolutely fantastic signing. I love Eric Bayer. I think he's going to be really the heart of, of that defence moving forward now, I think. You know, you look at De Gea, Bailly, Pogba, and then a striker. Will it be Rashford? Will it be someone that we sign? But, I mean, that looks like a good spine of a team going forward as long as we can keep hold of De Gea this summer. <laughs> yeah. Big if. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes he doesn't look comfortable, and then, but he's always successful. Um, yeah, he's probably been the, the best summer signing. I think Pogba's a better player, Zlatan's a better player, but I think by had had the best season partly because it was so unexpected everyone was like oh he's 22 and no one really I mean he can still play for our, our reserve side it's incredible how young he is and how well he's done and if if we can get a, a suitable partner for him which could be Marcus Rojo but we need someone who's who's a, a proper leader next to, to buy on, on Marcus Rojo most most improved player of the of the season I put Marcus Rojo yeah I, I think I could uh could go along with that I think Rojo, I, I mean, for, for me, the the two candidates were, were Rojo and Damian, but Damian's improvement really has only been in the last sort of two or three months. So I think throughout the season, maybe Damian's been the most improved, but Rojo from, from the start of this season just played at a level 
far above anything else we've ever seen for from him um, at United. And I think a lot of that comes from the consistency that he um, that he's been playing at centre back the whole time, rather than being shuffled between left back and centre back. Ever since he he's been um, played at centre back consistently, then he's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I I would disagree on Damian. I think, I think he's had some shocking performances this season and I still don't think he's good enough and I kind of hope he's sold. I don't think he will be sold, but kind of hope he do. And I I could imagine we'd be a much better team with Luke Shaw on our side. And yeah, in the, in the final, uh, probably in the final month and a half of the season, he was much better, but there were some really, really dreadful performances or not even, not performances filled with mistakes, just performances where he didn't add anything to the game a lot of the time, I think. Right, moments of the season. I've got I've got quite a lot down here. I was going through our going through fixtures, going through little clips on Twitter, going through some tweets. Um, I realised how many funny just these are these are mainly non-football moments. I mean, obviously related to to the football, but mainly sort of non not goals, not not moments on the pitch. And the first one I've got was Pogba's medical being announced, and this was probably two hours before the Community Shield, and I was at the Green Man Pub outside Wembley with probably 800, 900 United fans. And a few people were looking at their phones, obviously like on Snapchat or something, sticking something on Twitter. And then this buzz started going around and other people started shoving their phones in their mates' faces, which is what I did to my brother. And about 15 seconds later, you've got 800 United fans bouncing up and down. There's probably 10 or ten or 12 flares going off and everyone's seeing a Pogba's coming home. And I mean, that that started off the season so well. And then, and then two hours later, Satan wins us the Community Shield and so Jeffy Lindsay. Um, that's my first good moment of the season. The, the whole Pogba signing was just a brilliant moment of the season, honestly. I think United did it very, very well, actually, the way they announced it and they really made the most of it on social media um, and coinciding with, obviously, winning the, the Community Shield, it was a great way to start the season. Just the whole... The whole Pogba signing was was a brilliant way to get the season yeah. up and running. Um, yeah, I mean, people people laughed at it when we got like Storms involved and that. But I remember the excitement of seeing that video, which we played in the little montage at the start of this episode. The excitement you got from seeing Pogba take his hood off and go, "I'm back," and this this nice French accent was was somewhat ridiculous, but also <laughs> also expected. Because <laughs> we had, I mean, a world record signing of one of the best midfielders in the world is, is something United don't really do and have never done. We we rarely even buy players at, at the peak of their careers. Van Persie's, Van Persie was so exciting because we'd bought someone at, at the peak of their career. Um, and we don't do it a lot. Yeah. What, what's one of my other brilliant moments of the season? Um, Diego Forlan, Jose Mourinho turning around to Carrick on the bench and going, who's Diego? And then looking really confused and Carrick <laughs> laughing at him saying he made the Scousers cry. A, a lot of a lot of the best moments, I think, are at the end of the season. Marino, even in the Europa League, you've got Mourinho waving the scarf against Celta Vigo and going generally mental while Iago Aspas is crying. You've got <laughs> Mourinho and his son after the Europa League final rolling around on the pitch. Uh, yeah. Mourinho against Chelsea slapping the badge in front of the Stretford end as he walked off. A lot of these involved Mourinho actually. Mourinho, Mourinho against Middlesbrough, where we where where Valencia scored when Valdez slipped in the last minute. And Mourinho goes off and slaps the top of the tunnel in celebration, um, much to the, the dismay of all the Middlesbrough staff who are waiting by the tunnel. Mourinho comes up, jumps in the air, and slaps the tunnel. 
Oh, and, and that photo of the 13 Academy graduates against Palace after the game. That was brilliant as well. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? What what good celebrations have we had? Mate, the best ones are the ones that annoy people with Pogba and Lingard. <laughs> yeah, there's been quite a few with Pogba and Lingard where they've just been dancing. Obviously, I mean, Pogba's dancing after the Europa League final win was great. <laughs> that whole video of him in front of the fans was, was brilliant. I mean, the whole Europa League run, honestly, was... Um, because I think it was it was it was just nice to see how it all changed from from the start. I think when we first you know the last thirty two playing uh, playing was it Rostov in the last thirty two or I they think Rostov 16? was last thirty two yeah. And just I remember from then everyone was like oh don't want to play in this competition you know play our rotation squad and then just it started getting more and more important and then against Anderlecht that was just so tense in the in the quarterfinals and then you had the. John Guidetti with the the last second chance against Celta Vigo at home, and really we should have been out. I mean, you know, we were pretty lucky to make the final, and then to win the final and see Pogba so happy, the team celebrating like that, Mourinho on the floor with his son. I think that whole Europa League run culminating in in winning the final was yeah. just great. And there were there were a lot of great moments in the Europa League as well, and even even when you had a poor game like uh, against Celta Vigo, Mourinho with a scarf and, and everything, there were just some really fun moments. The same goes yeah. for the League Cup as well. I remember um, I was I was in one of the side stands at Wembley and Eric Bailly takes the League Cup of someone, I can't remember who, takes the League Cup and then gets all the fans going and then does this little run-up and slides the entire way into the corner of the Wembley pitch and then gets up with this huge grin on his face, just sort of dancing around, <laughs> going mental. And then if you go if you go back to the start of the season, by as well, um, when Rashford and, and Zlatan celebrated against Hull, and he thought this is we scored a, an 89th minute winner, and Rooney assisted Rashford, and you've got Rashford and Zlatan celebrating in the rain, and he thought this is proper this is proper Man United this, and then and then Eric Bailly comes over and jumps over everyone and then <laughs> slips on the floor. Um, yeah, let's be let's be some fun. In fact, the only football moment I can think of that sort of isn't a goal or, or isn't a match, which has been really, like, truly... There's been two. There's the, the Pogba in the Europa League where he had, like, four touches in the air and took it past three players with a header, a chest, a knee, and a, and a foot. Yeah. And then there was one other um, against Anderlecht as well. And Rashford Rabona crossed it to Pogba, who bicycle kicked it. And did it hit the post or did the keeper save it? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it got oh, blocked. I don't know. It was a, that, if that goal had gone in... So yeah, I remember Firstly, how many thing. people would hate it from other teams, and secondly, how incredible that goal would have been. Yeah, um, oh, Rabona cross. I think, oh, also, I think we we can't talk we can't talk about the best moments of the season. It's just come to me when you mentioned his name, um, without mentioning Rooney breaking the record as well. That sublime free. Yeah, yeah, and then Stoke. and the Herrera's face, um, who started going mental at him. Yeah. And Rooney was like, "That no, come on, we're, we're drawing one one to Stoke." Yeah. It, it talks because <laughs> I think what I think what was so great about that moment as well was how much was going on. You know, not only did he break the record, but we kept the unbeaten streak going. So at that point, the unbeaten run was about fifteen, sixteen games. So it kept that unbeaten run going. Rooney breaking the record with a brilliant free kick, and then like you said, it was Rooney really showing his his maturity and just the way he's kind of grown up. I, I guess instead of celebrating the goal, it was him going, "No, come on, let's get back yeah, to win this game." Yeah, talking about um, faces of players when. When they score, I've forgotten one. Uh, Mkhitaryan, we're about to talk about goal of the season, actually, before we before we run out of time. But Mkhitaryan scored that goal against Sunderland. And Pogba starts hugging him and looks <laughs> looks at the crowd and starts going, what? <laughs> what just happened here? <laughs> and starts shaking his head with this massive smile on his face. Right, let's talk about goal of the season. Mkhitaryan against Sunderland is, is obviously probably the most incredible skill. But there's some other... I mean, that was, that was just remarkable. Um, and that was before Giroud... 
and before everyone else and it was just what have we just seen um and i was i think i was watching on a on a dodgy stream which was a bit blurry and i thought he just side footed it in and loads of people going mental and i was like what, <laughs> what? there's nothing special here and then you <laughs> saw the replay you're like oh my word but there's been some other great goals. Pogba's against Swansea is one of my favourites. That's what uh, Ryan Grant said was his favourite season. That was a, I mean, yeah. As I said, as I said with um, with Ryan, it's just that's that's probably not as great a skill and not as brilliant a goal or iconic a goal. But it's so. I think that's more satisfying where you get one of those truly thumping volleys into the top corner. What other brilliant goals have there been? You've got uh, Jesse Lingard in the Community Shield and against Southampton and against Middlesbrough actually. Yeah. And Martial's against Burnley was really satisfying as well on the counter-attack. Um, and just because Martial scored it after being out of the team for a long while. Right, so what are you going? Are you going Mkhitaryan for goal? I think you've got to, yeah. Yeah, I think I've got to go with Mkhitaryan. I mean, oh, I mean possibly, possibly also with a shout, I wouldn't, I wouldn't vote this as my goal of the season, but another great one was uh, Rashford's free yeah, kick against Celta Vigo. that's true as well. Actually, Mkhitaryan's against Wigan as well was a uh, was a great goal in the yeah what, and Mkhitaryan against uh, Zoria Luhansk where he dribbled through about four players. I, I mean, I thought that was a slightly overrated yeah. goal, but it was still quite it was still fun at the time. Yeah, Mkhitaryan scored a lot of good goals actually this season. So <laughs> pretty, pretty much yeah, every goal. Lots of average goals. Goal. <laughs> um, right, we've got one question, and then we'll do very very quickly. We'll mention our all time eleven during our lifetimes. Um, this question comes from at Heinlin. Who says if you're Mourinho, what would you do for next season? What would you change? Who would you buy or sell? We've sort of answered that. Um, sell, we've we've said um, not sell Mourinho, but sort of usher him out of the door. Um, Smalling and Jones probably, uh, maybe Ashley Young. And what would we do? What would we change? More width, more more role for Paul Pogba, and more more youth. Is I think that's about it. And yep. right, we've got asked to do our all-time eleven to celebrate a hundred thousand listens quite a while ago what is it three or four weeks ago now um and we've realized that that's far too hard so we're going to do our all-time 11 in our lifetimes which for me is is basically the Fergie era and this will basically be a 2008 team for Jack it is very slightly longer and maybe we might do an all-time 11 of United's entire history if we get round to it at some point in the summer if there's not much going on in the transfer window but it, going from my lifetime there's there's not a huge amount of choice because there was one really core team of 2008, which would be Edwin van der Sar, Gary Neville. Although I might, if we go in favourite players, then Raphael is, is in there with a shout. Um, in fact, I'm going van der Sar, Raphael, who wasn't as good as Neville, but was just fun. Then it's got to be Rio and Vidic, uh, Patrice, Uncle Pat. This is basically the team coming back for Carrick's testimonial. <laughs> and then you've got Carrick in there, Skulls. In fact, if if we go on ability, you'd probably have to put Pogba in skulls, even though Carrick has been one of one of United's best players and most important players ever. Um and then you've got Ronaldo on one wing, Wayne Rooney at number ten, uh Robin Van Persie up front, and who's gonna be on the other wing? Ryan Giggs. I'd say probably Ryan Giggs, yeah, in a four two three one. So I'm I'm gonna go from from when I was born, rather than just people I can remember completely, because most of the, most of these people I've seen a decent amount. Um, so I'm going to go for Schmeichel and goal. I'm going to go. Uh, I was born in '97, by the way, just so you have an idea of, of what kind of timeline I'm using here. <laughs> so I'm going to go Schmeichel and goal. Um, obviously, Gary Neville at right back and centre back. So I'm going to go. Going to go for Yap Stam, and then. 
alongside him, it's a toss-up between Ferdinand and Vidic. Um, and I'm going to go for Vidic just because I always preferred Vidic when they were played together. Um, I think you could probably make a case of Ferdinand being a bigger legend, but I'm going to go for Vidic. Yeah. Um, then good old Patrice Evra at left-back. Then in midfield, you've got the, uh, the incredible duo of Skulls and Keane. Um, and then wingers got to be Ronaldo and Giggs. Um, they kind of picked themselves, really. And then Rooney at sort of a number 10, or I guess he could play up front as well. Because um, I guess the time when I can remember him best was just after Ronaldo left when he was our main striker. And then, and then this, is, this is a tough one up front. But I'm going to go with Ruud van Nistelrooy. Because I can remember him pretty well yeah. from his last few seasons at United. Um, and he was just an absolute machine. And I love Van Nistelrooy. I love watching him play. And I love, still love going back and watching him now. Because um, he was just in such a complete striker. And I'm still kind of gutted we sold him so early on. So I'm going to go for Van Nistelrooy to partner really yeah, up for my, him. Well, my brother's born in 97 and would 100% go yeah. Van Nistelrooy above Van Persie. But I, I mean, I can't remember as well, him as well. I'm born in 2000 for, for anyone wondering why I've gone such a recent 11. Right, that's a, a, a big episode, this one. Plenty to talk about after a long, long season. Thanks for joining us today and, and every week for the last nine months or so. We're not going away this summer. We'll be back with interviews, transfer specials, maybe maybe an academy review of the season next week. And plenty more original content to listen to while while you're on the beach. Maybe away for a few weeks while we, we both go on holiday. The transfer rumours won't stop. We haven't talked much about them for for a reason, because by the time this goes out, everything will probably have changed, as as we've seen with, with Antoine Griezmann over the last week. Jack, where can we find you on Twitter? At UTD Tate, T-A-I-T. Uh, you can find me at, at HarryRobinson64 and the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod. That's P-O-D at the end there. As I say, we'll have plenty more out. But thank you for being with us this season. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Goodbye. Podcast Network.